0: Hello, Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Appledore Research Podcast. My name is Robert Curran, consulting analyst with Appledore. As ever, we're here to share insights on the transformation of telecom in the era of cloud, network automation and AI. If you enjoy today's podcast, make sure to follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Now enjoy the show.
1: Welcome everyone. I'm John Abraham, uh, and I'm the digital enablement practice lead here at AppleDoe. So I'll be doing the host duties for today's podcast in place of Robert, who's actually joining Shanti in the hot seat. Shanti, Robert, welcome. Hey, John.
2: Hi, John. Great to be here.
1: Great. Well, to all the Robert current fans out there, sorry for any disappointment, but the only reason we swapped places is that Shanti and Robert uh, have just returned from uh, having attended the uh, Huawei Analyst Summit in China. Uh, And uh, this is this podcast is about, you know, what they took away from that event. For those of you who do not know, the Huawei Analyst Summit is an important annual event in the research calendar, you know, especially given Huawei's oversized role in software and operations and infrastructure. And this year was especially significant as this was the first um, in-person event, you know, uh, with widespread attendance since COVID. But before we get into the details of that, um, you know, Robert, tell us, how was it uh, to be back in Shenzhen for the first time since COVID? Shenzhen, by the way, is also known as the uh, Silicon Valley of China. It's where Huawei is headquartered. And it's it's been a fascinating city, you know, with with a lot of history, especially its transformation from a dreamy fishing village to become one of, uh, I think, the third largest Chinese city today. You know, in a matter of a few decades. So, Robert, how was it to be back there? Yeah, it,
0: amazing experience, uh, John. I, I was in China uh, just before COVID. Uh, that was my first my first trip, but uh, it's you know it's such a it's such a moving. Moving target, if you like the the growth and expansion in China. Shenzhen is a is a an enormous city. Uh, Shanti and I flew through Hong Kong, uh, and even that transition from Hong Kong to Shenzhen is uh, is quite something. Um, Today, I think Shenzhen is something like thirteen million people, which is just vast, and it's a very it's a very young, vibrant city. Something like ninety five percent of the population are under sixty. Uh, which is pretty incredible. It's it's just a busy, busy place. And it's I mean it's it's as you said, China's Silicon Valley, Tech Central. You know, Huawei is, is headquartered there, um, plus other you know, pretty well known Chinese companies. Tencent is there, uh OnePlus the phone the phone vendor is there and the and the drone company DJI. They're all based in, in Shenzhen. I did read that uh it has the it has the world's second largest number of skyscrapers. Officially, which is wow. kind of surprising. I, that was, you know, I can see, I could see why. Skyscraper is anything over one hundred and fifty meters. So, um, so if Shenzhen is in a valley, um, then I'll, will take, I'll take your word for it. I didn't see much, much of anything that wasn't built up in Shenzhen. But it's a, ama- it's an amazing place. It's an amazing, uh, an amazing city. Um, uh, there is, there is a, there are parks, and, and I think there's even a beach in Shenzhen. But right. I have absolutely no idea. Uh, where where that is, and I, I didn't meet anybody who had been there, but uh, but all the same, it's it, it's uh, I think if you want to understand uh, you know Chinese tech industry at all, or any of the companies there, certainly going through Shenzhen, you know, will will give you some sense of perspective, uh, you know, about where those companies come from and the, the context they're in. So very uh, very worthwhile uh, seeing some of that up, up close.
1: Great. Well, going by that population figure, it's nearly 1.5 times the population of London so and, and yeah. that too you know the fact that it grew in a matter of a few decades is, is really astounding yeah, exactly exactly you know almost nothing
0: there is less than you know 25 or 30 years old which is an right. amazing thing to to think about um, so it's it's fascinating
1: all right so how was uh, how big an event was the um Huawei Analyst Summit this year uh, Robert yeah the the, the has as it's commonly known uh, Shanti
0: and I reckon there were maybe four or 500 uh, invited guests there from the analyst and, and media community, mostly analysts. Um, uh, I'm, I'm told that's a little down on previous years, but it, it still is a pretty sizable event. And and why we go to a lot of trouble to, you know, to produce it and look after all their, their guests uh, that are attending. So there's lots of, uh, I mean, the enormous screens, the biggest screens I've ever seen in a conference room, uh, the widest okay. and the tallest uh, which again puts things in perspective and um, yeah senior senior presenters and a lot of opportunity to uh not only you know keynote type sessions but you know round tables and and one-on-one sessions so it, a lot crammed into a couple of days um a lot of content a lot of slides uh, but a lot of conversation as well so it was a good it was a good balance
1: great and shanti um was there a, some sort of a theme to the event
2: uh, at all this year Yes, of course. Uh, So we heard a lot um, about uh, automation. The tagline itself was uh, thrive with the digital striding towards the intelligent world. So AI was a very, very important topic. And uh, more more than AI, uh, how do you use AI uh, and how do you build autonomy into these networks? Uh, Because Huawei has been uh, working on quite large networks in China from the scale of Shenzhen, we can um, sort of see the scale of the networks they've been working in. And right. um, the other important topic was um, that this points to a wider digital transformation in the in right. industry. And that's the interesting part as well. Um, and um, we have seen that Huawei uh, has um, been showcasing, Uh, Huawei and the operators that they have been working with have showcased many of these uh, topics, and it will be interesting to see more proof points uh, coming this year. But that was the um, theme, autonomy Mm -hmm. and AI and digital transformation.
1: Great. Great. You know, I actually heard uh, someone say that there were more references to ChatGPT than 6G at the event, uh, which, uh, you know, which to some at least was a surprise. Uh, any any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah. So, so you know, everybody talks about ChatGPT and um, to the um, industry that uh, Huawei is in and even to the wider industry, Uh, Everybody is looking to see uh, what this chat GPT can enable through AI for these industries. And uh, we saw uh, examples of uh, some of these uh, uh, features, uh, but I I think uh, we are yet to see how this chat GPT bursting into the industry um, can help the telecom world. and, And that's the interesting part but that's something we are yet to see.
1: Great, great. Um so w- what else did you take away from all the presentations and so on? Robert, let's maybe uh, start with you.
0: Yeah, just just to to follow through on what what Shanti was saying there. Um you know, I guess we we went expecting to see a, a telecom equipment vendor Present things about six G and seven G and you know, those kind of those kind of topics, and that was that was actually very, very low key. The the focus is very much on on artificial intelligence, not only not only from an application point of view, but also in terms of enabling technologies. So, some of what was presented related to enhancements in silicon, some of it related to you know, enhancements in data center architectures, and so on. So, so certainly it, it, it was a very strong theme. The other part of that was seeing you know how that's played out in in other industries so how the application of ai is helping people like power companies or or airports uh, you know to be more efficient you know the, the ai part of that the processing part of it is one part the like the, the movement of data around in real time and the movement of of applications around in real time you know is another part um, and that's i think you know that was very much on, on show um the different applications of uh of that to improve you know, production efficiency inside businesses and corporations those were those were kind of strongly strongly to the to the front I, mm. I think you know one other thing uh was very much there is a global perspective here um there were things that clearly you know simply weren't talked about <laughs> yeah we can we don't need to go into detail as to what those what those were but it's kind of obvious um so so there's certainly plenty of of business keeping keeping Huawei busy even domestically mm-hmm. in in China right, um, right so so yeah that was i think that was that was a strong takeaway for us a pretty, right. you know, relentless push on on what they what they refer to as the ICT it's as a term that's slightly out of favor i think in in the west um but if you
1: if you look at what they're doing it's it's, it's certainly you know, development across the board right <clears throat> yeah, you, you know, when we briefly caught up last week, um, one of the phrases you used to describe Huawei was you said, "This is a company with tremendous confidence in what they are doing, irrespective of what's going on around them." Um, and and is there is there something that you want to add to that? Uh, you know, maybe provide some more flavour to that particular comment.
0: Yeah, I I think um I think it's always good to see to see companies at home, if you like. So where they are most most comfortable. Um and that 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 does give you a sense of I think of who they who they are. Um in Huawei's case, the the links to their domestic organizations, the links to universities, uh, are clearly very strong and, and there's an enormous depth of talent that they're calling on to 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 push the envelope. Um and that's educated in in all kinds of institutions, you know, around the world. So, um, I think they're really they are you know, digging deep uh, to, to bring the right brains onto uh, to addressing problems. And and I think the, the genuine sense of of potential for uh, for a future that's enabled by technology. I think that that I certainly saw that infused. Uh, you know across all the material we saw right from the you know the CFO presenting right down to some of the subject matter experts and product experts that we spoke to in one to one sessions. I think there is there just is a sense of uh, of opportunity, possibility and uh, and I think a real commitment to to go and you know innovate. I think they um, I think the desire to the desire to lead the market, lead the industry is a very strong one shared by an awful lot of people. Um so so yeah, it's I know it's a it's a nuance, it's a kind of soft thing and, and you know, it's just something mm. you, you pick up through repeated conversations. Uh but I it's certainly you know, I just got a strong sense of the of self confidence in, in what they're going about. I, I know some of the headlines uh have been you know, memos and things from from, from uh, Mr Wren who have gone viral and things, you know, indicate you know, concern uh mm. for Huawei. But I think you have to put that in in, in context. Right. Uh, there's, a, there's an awful lot of horsepower uh, in, in the organization that is uh, that is being applied to any given problem, whether that's a telecom problem or whether it's a efficiency problem, or even a climate change problem. Uh, you, you know. So, so yeah, I know I thought it was uh, in as much as you can get a sense of anything in in, in two days. Yeah. Um, that, that certainly was something I found, I found quite striking.
1: Great. And, and how about you, Shanti? Any key takeaways? Any other key takeaways?
2: <clears throat> yeah. So what uh, what um, impressed on upon me was the fact that uh, um, Huawei is able to um, at- attack problems and solutions with laser sharp focus, with great depth. Um, like Robert said, putting in a lot of investment in terms of uh, partnerships, in terms of uh, um, talent. Uh, they are able to bring a great deal of depth uh, to sort of attack the problem. And they've been doing this in various network domains. But what's also interesting is the fact that uh, they are able to bring a broader um, umbrella over these so that they can bring automation to the table because, uh, you know, automation cannot stay in these domains. It has to at some point grow across these domains. So the fact that they had the depth to think about the problems of an autonomous network and then go across broadly as well, that's uh, very interesting. And and that is a very good strategy um, uh, to look at. And again, we see um, the wait for the proof points of those to come by. It's also good to note that, uh, uh, you know, the network uh, is not shifting under our feet uh, so much at this point of time. Because uh, as Huawei pointed out, there is a, a 10 gigabits availability that that is a milestone for 5.5G. Um, so at this point, the network is reasonably stable. So uh, hopefully, um, there is a um, there is a capability that can be brought in terms of software um, to the network um, to to bring in autonomy. And that's what Huawei seems to be focusing on, which is great to see. And then um, the transformation that it could bring, um, not only in uh, in telco but uh, in the enterprises as well. That will be critical to watch in the next right. uh, few right. months.
0: Yeah, that, that point that, that Chanti brings up about uh, you know autonomy uh, and the linkage to scale is just is it, just so important. Um, you know, again, looking at the, the demographics in, in China, there are there are twenty three twenty three provinces um, have over twenty four million people. Um, you know, that's that's an amazing kind of sense of scale to deal with. Only there is only two U.S. states that have populations over twenty five million. Um, so, you know, again, it it just puts that into context. Autonomy isn't in the nice to have category if you are in China. Autonomy is in the we can't do we can't do this without. You know, reaching for that given the numbers we've got, and I think that's that's such a defining um, perspective for them across everything they do. We certainly certainly got a sense of that.
1: Right. So it it seems to me that you know, based on the couple of days that you have spent there, your takeaway is that Huawei is uh, far from um, uh, you know bowing down to the challenges it's facing. Instead, it's firing on all cylinders you know, pivoting where necessary, investing into R&D, doubling down on their core strengths. So in spite of their many challenges, they still remain and are likely to remain uh, a very strong contender in the telecoms landscape.
0: I'd certainly agree with that. I think, um, you know, it would be a mistake to underestimate um, that that organization, Uh, uh, I, I know there are some some you know current conditions that may last longer or shorter. We're not really too sure from an economic point of view and, and political point of view. Um, but I think the the ambition and the progress and the continued investment that they are making, um, and the focus, as Shanti you know highlighted, uh, you know, mean that you know that they'll continue to be incredibly important in the global industry. Uh, you know, many years into the future. It's that's just that's just the, the way it is. So, so I would. I would say to the industry, you know, learn what you can. Uh, you know, they're one of the companies putting a lot into, uh, into groups like the TM Forum and, and trying to kind of push the envelope for the industry. Um, but on the other side, you know, do, do continue to, to take them seriously as a, as a competitor, um, not only for, you know, potential cost advantages, but just for the, um, the, the technology that they're, that they're building, the expertise they have, particularly in areas like, uh, you know, lot, very large scale networks, the largest networks mm-hmm. in the world. Uh, that they have, you know, an intimate uh, awareness and familiarity with. So, so yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with your your summary. It's a long way around saying I agree, John. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, great. Yeah, that's that's uh, quite interesting. So, uh, do do we plan to write something on it, um, uh, Robert and Shanti?
2: Yes, we we are planning to put out a new research note uh, oh, on has for our subscription clients with more in depth discussion. Um, I'm also working on AI ops research, and um, uh, there's a lot of information that will be coming out in that space as well.
1: That's great. That's great. So that's certainly something to look forward to. Um, so, well, that's that's great. I, I, I thought that was a very good, good um, summary of uh, the HASS event. Uh, so thank you, uh, Robert and Shanti. Uh, and and by the way apple is on the road again very shortly uh, robert do you want to provide the details there yes yes absolutely um john we're
0: going to be we're going to be at the futurenet world event coming up in london uh next week uh 3rd and 4th of may um, you me uh, francis will be there patrick will be there <coughs> adam will be there uh it's futurenet world is, is a great event it's really built a, a, a bit of a following this year is its fifth anniversary, which is which is great to see, and it's really the best event that's focused on on the things that we talk about all the time: uh, network automation, orchestration, AI, you know, intelligent operations, all all of that all of that good stuff. Um, and the the lineup this year is you know is is really impressive, uh, and they've got a couple of people you know returning old favorites, as it were, but. Um, there's some new people in there as well, but you know, if you want to understand what's going on in the industry from an automation point of view, not a not a you know G perspective or anything else, uh, Futurenet World is the place to be. You know we got uh, uh, Vodafone, uh, Andrea Donna, um, uh, Enrico Blanco, of Telefonica, Deutsche Telekom, BT. Uh, you know all, all the key names are there. And it's a nice, it's a nice event. It's small enough to get around everything in, in a couple of days, uh, but large enough to really get a sense that you're you're looking into the state of the of the industry. So, so yeah, so we'll oh, be there, looking, to have, uh, you know, a lot of conversations with with you know anyone with with interesting things to say and, and progress to report in the network automation space. So we're looking forward to that. It's a good event, May third fourth, uh, in London,
1: FutureNet World. That's great. And by the way, Robert, uh, you just put out a blog, uh, a preview of the future net events. So, so if anyone's interested, you should, you should take a look at it. You'll find the blog link to uh, under our Apple Door page on LinkedIn. And, and you can follow us uh, to keep track of uh, what we are working on and events we are going to and so on. So anyways, uh, well, Robert and Shanti, thank you so much for your time today. This was a terrific session uh, and hope to see you soon. We'll see you soon. Thanks very much, John.
2: Thank you, John. Bye
0: you have been listening to the appledore research podcast join us next time for more insights and conversation on the transformation of telecom